0: Funding for this podcast comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink
1: software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at MathWorks.com. You're listening to Radio Boston. I'm Tiziana Deering, and Massachusetts Congressman Jake Auchincloss is still with us. Um, and he's got roads and highways on his mind. So is we, because—so so do we, because— Listen, we pay for them in significant part through gas taxes, and technically that should go away over time as the nation switches to electric cars. And then there's the question of whether we ought to be in cars at all. We are mindful that over the next 10 years, this is one of the really big questions that's going to face us. And the congressman has ideas. So, congressman, I'm glad you are still with us. Is that a fair framing? Uh, Gas tax pays for a lot. It's going to go away. And it leaves questions about cars as a main sort of vehicle, (laughs) no pun intended, overall.
2: Yes. And... The gas tax is already woefully insufficient to even fund the highway trust fund, which was it was originally designed to do. The highway trust fund already requires big transfers from the general treasury. So it's already not working.
1: And you also, and I'm intrigued by this, I'm going to jump right in, you actually don't even think the highway trust fund money should be run by the federal government anymore.
2: No, okay. I don't. <laughs> in the 1950s, when Eisenhower had the vision for a national highway system, it was the cutting edge of innovation for mobility. And it was a national project with national ends and needed national funding. We are well past that moment in our history right now. We should not be expanding our highways to induce more cars, more traffic. We should be in maintenance mode for the highways and bridges that we already have. And there is no reasons why states cannot take ownership of the highways that, uh, that are yeah. under their jurisdiction and have their own funding mechanisms for them, uh, subject to very basic federal regulations for for highway and for the standardization of, of signs.
1: All right. So this is actually a really big deal. And for people who don't know, the federal gas tax is 18 cents a gallon. And, and later we'll get to the Massachusetts gas tax, but at the federal level right now, 18 cents a gallon. And what you're basically saying is back in the 1950s, we built this federal highway system. It spans, you know, you, whether you're, you know, you're looking at a 95 or a 93, or I, I still sort of finally think all the way back to Route 66, right? And you're saying, okay. hey, break all that money up give it back to states. But it's not just for the states to manage it. You want us to change our attention, really change our attention from highways and cars. And it sounds like you think the best way to disrupt that is to let states and cities take that money and figure out how they want to move around for themselves.
2: Absolutely. And there's so much to unpack here, but a couple of points. First, why does this... Why do do we care so much about federal versus state involvement? And and the core reason is that the federal government has a massive distortionary effect on how states and cities think about mobility. What does that mean? First principles. What that means is if you're a state or a city and you want to get money to improve your transportation system, oftentimes you're looking to the Department of Transportation for federal funding. But the way federal funding works is we induce you to choose highways over transit. We'll give you 80 cents on the dollar for a highway, but 50 cents or even less for transit and no operating funds to help you with transit, it's just capital money. We have a giant carrot out there that says, build, build, build more highways. Meanwhile, we don't even collect through the gas tax enough money to fund all those highways at the federal level. What we want to allow is for states and for cities to be able to think about their own mobility needs from first principles, untethered from federal one-size-fits-all laws and funding mechanisms about that. Because at its its core, what mobility is about is connecting people to jobs, to services, and to one another. And for a city like Boston and for the Boston suburbs, that is not going to be done by widening our highways or, or by expanding single occupancy vehicle traffic. We need to start thinking about that in terms of how do we use congestion pricing to create revenue streams for improving our transit? How do we put in place bike lanes and other Infrastructure for mobile for micromobility, so that people can get around, uh, freed from the need to own multiple cars. Um, and this is not a diatribe against vehicles. I got three little kids. I drive a car a lot. Cars are a great way to get around, but we cannot make it a precondition to participate in civil society that you have to own two cars.
1: So uh, this would then say, rather than the federal government saying, "Hey, if you want our money." Uh, it's got to go to roads, this would say, listen, if you want uh, you know, to connect high-speed rail from the far west part of Massachusetts all the way to Boston, there'll be federal money available for it because you get to pick how to spend your federal money?
2: Exactly. And, and I think it's also evaluating outcomes and not action. So right now, the federal government says, we know what's best, and that is highways. That's how you connect people to jobs and services. Well, how about we think about it a little differently and say, here's what we want. We want to connect people to job services and to one another. And that sounds abstract, but that's actually measurable. The, the Virginia Department of Transportation has worked with universities to measure the actual uh, network density and connections between people and their connections to jobs and services. Is it you know, 100% high fidelity to real life? No, but it's relatively good directional uh, understanding. And the federal government says we are going to calibrate the money that we're giving to states and cities according to just that Original aim of: Are you knitting people closer together? And do you do whatever you? If maybe it's a bicycle lane here, maybe it's high-speed bus there, maybe it's fixing the commuter rail station in this other town. You decide the actions that will get you to the outcomes that we care about.
1: Any traction for this? Uh, with uh, you know, bipartisan traction for this in Congress.
2: Tishiana, I'm a big believer that every politician should have at least one unpopular idea to keep <laughs> themselves uh, grounded and. I am proudly a, a holder of one unpopular idea on the Transportation Infrastructure Committee. I can tell you right now that the idea of getting rid of the Highway Trust Fund and uh, bringing down to the states and cities their own ability to raise funds from from driving and parking to use towards uh, multimodality is, is not exactly catching fire. But you know what? With the younger generation of lawmakers, it's clicking more.
1: So last question for you. Just briefly, you might be aware that the Boston City Council started to have a conversation about congestion pricing. You mentioned it earlier. Are you an advocate of congestion pricing on Boston roads?
2: I'm an advocate for Massachusetts and Boston to be able to make up their own mind about it, which right now would be very, very hard under federal laws, uh, particularly on I-95 and I-93, would be extremely hard to put in congestion pricing to fund Massachusetts' transportation priorities under given under current federal strictures. I think that's ridiculous. Massachusetts and Boston should be able to decide that for themselves without the Washington, D.C. telling them the best way to do it.
1: All right. Massachusetts Congressman Jake Auchincloss, we covered a lot of ground. Thanks for doing that with us. Thanks for being on Radio Boston. Evan Horowitz is here now. He is the executive director of the Center for State Policy Analysis at Tufts, Uh, the guy we love to turn to when we're going to talk about money and money policy, the national level, the state level. Hey there.
0: Hey, T.C. it's an honor to follow the congressman, too.
1: It's great to have you here. So 18 cents uh, a gallon at the federal level, 24 cents a gallon here in Massachusetts. Gas tax theoretically should go away. Uh, as uh, electric Theoretically, vehicles will go I
0: mean, will go away. Right? Eventually,
1: yes. right? Um, and the congressman says we got to rethink all kinds of things. Uh, are you hearing echoes of that level of desire to rethink here in Massachusetts?
0: Absolutely, compounded by the fact that we have a huge financial struggle at the T. So all of the things that we've been discussing about how to fund roadways, where highway money goes, whether we should do congestion pricing, and then add on top of that, oh, we have a T with $24 billion worth of facilities that are not in good repair anymore. You know, just astronomical sums necessary to improve the transportation infrastructure of our state.
1: So if Congressman Jake Auchincloss' admittedly unpopular idea to allow federal funds to be distributed to the state to spend as they will, that would actually help. With something like the T, although what happens then to the Bourne Bridge, right? Or to the, you know, bridges down to the Cape well, no, or mean, something that, else. I, the,
0: the way to think about it, I think, is and, and he pointed to this, the real distortion is not, not really whether uh, the feds control it or the states control it. It's really the impulse to get the states to do new stuff. So the, the problem with the federal money, it's always like, oh, we'll give you money to do new stuff. But we don't need as much money to do new stuff. We need maintenance. We need to replace tracks. We need to replace signals. We need to fix roadways. And it's very hard to get money for that stuff. So I think that would be the real advantage would be to say, you know what? You can use this for operating. You could use it for maintenance. We'll make that a lot easier. You don't have to build a new bridge to get new money.
1: So gas tax is one of those things that tends to just make people go, wah, right? want to, you know, lots of arguments, et cetera. 24 cents a gallon here in Massachusetts seems steep, except Vermont's 32 cents, Maine is 30 cents, Maryland's 47 cents, Connecticut's 25 cents. No,
0: we, Yeah, we're right in line with where other states are. And it's been going down over time. But this is not adjusted for inflation. This is 24 cents. 24 cents is worth less than it was last year. It's worth less than it was two years ago. So it's not just a factor of like more people have electric cars. I've been driving an electric car now for eight years. I haven't purchased gas for my car and all that time. I haven't been any gas tax. Um, so there's part of it is that. But the other part of it is this It doesn't adjust for inflation. So we get less and less real money out of it every year.
1: Well, it also means that sort of technically, and this is we'll move into the solution space in a minute here, Evan Horowitz, this sort of points us in that direction. Somebody who's been driving an electric vehicle for eight years has not had the same sort of charges to them to pay for the infrastructure they've been using. You that's basically right. are paying in. I,
0: I'm, I'm free riding on the system in a way that I shouldn't. And people like me should not be free riding on the system. But that's exactly the situation that I'm in. I don't pay the gas tax, and yet I get to use the roads. Um, as I like.
1: Okay, so there's the moment we're in, right? And so now Governor Moore Healy has a transportation financing task force. That sounds like blah, 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 blah. But what it actually is, is a group that's got to figure out how we're going to fund both that $24 billion for the T and the fact that the gas tax eventually goes away and we're using roads in different ways, All of it. What kinds of solutions? We heard a little bit about congestion pricing from Jake Ockham. there, we know the Boston State Council's, you know, looked at that. What else do we look at, Evan Horner? I mean,
0: on the plus side, there are options. It's not like we don't have any options. So um, one thing you can do is just charge people for the amount of miles they drive. You know, we have a rule in Massachusetts. You have to get your car um, every year inspected, and they check your mileage. So we know how many miles does every car drive. And you can just say, well, you use the roads for this many miles, you know, 1,000 miles, 10,000 miles, we'll charge you based on your mileage. So that's a vehicle miles traveled tax. Um, That would work, and we have the infrastructure to do it. Or you could just say, you know what, we'll just increase the amount we charge for people to own cars. Everybody pays excise fees on their cars. You have a car, you pay a tax on it. We could just raise the rates on that. That would be another way to do it. Um, Tolls, you can increase tolls and use toll money. Um, You can ask towns to control. There are a lot of ideas, and the question really is about sort of distributing among these ideas. I don't think this is the kind of situation where you want sort of one neat trick. Here's here's one trick to fix your transportation funding. I don't think that's what we're looking for. It really is a kind of package of revenue increases that will stabilize the T and allow us to support the road infrastructure that we need.
1: So... Th- it's <laughs> That all sounds great, Thank right? You. I appreciate that. <laughs> but just like, and let me remind everybody, we're here with uh, Evan Horowitz, uh, of the Executive Director of the Center for State Policy Analysis at Tufts, and we're having this conversation about the beginning of what's going to be really, what, a decade-long conversation at least, Evan, about how we rethink, how we pay for all kinds of things, about what goes under the wheels or under the feet, right, or under the tracks, <laughs> right, on how we get around. Fair yeah. Totally. Okay. So a couple of things there. One, I, I, how do you get any of that done? I mean, as you said, 24 cents a gallon on gas, that hasn't even kept up with inflation. I read the article that Congressman Jake Auchincloss wrote. He's talking about uh, law that was, laws that were put in place, policies put in place in the 1950s that are still in place. I don't know
0: exactly how to frame this because on the one hand, I want to say on the plus side. On the other hand, the reason it's a plus side is because it's devastating. The T is close to a crisis now. So we're really done kicking the can because we can't kick the can because the T doesn't have money. So it can cover its operating budget for this year. And that's when I say operating budget, that's like just money to run the trains. You know, we got to run the trains. We got to pay people to drive the buses. We got to pay maintenance. So just your annual stuff. It has enough money this year, but it won't next year. And within a few years, you're talking about deficits approaching, I think, eight, nine hundred million dollars. So huge deficits. So it's not a conversation that can sort of go on indefinitely. We've got to fill this hole and we've got to fill it in a couple of years. So On the one hand, that's a a bad thing. We're at a crisis. On the other hand, I think that's reason for optimism that they're going to fix it. The legislature knows that. That's where the task force is there. I'm also... I'm heartened by what I'm hearing coming out of the, I mean, the task force, I don't think it's even started meeting, but there's already, you know, some work being done. And I was on a task force or I was on a commission last year about unemployment insurance, and we just did not get the kind of support that we needed to come to a good resolution. What I'm hearing now is that they are getting support. I'm seeing already research about how much money would be raised by different tax options. And that suggests a level of seriousness about getting to a good solution with real meaningful numbers. Um, that makes me pretty optimistic.
1: So uh, glad to hear that optimism. And it makes me kind of wonder about timelines. Right. So if you think about planning, okay, in 10 years, we need to have the following things in place that that means that by what it's it's, you know, end of February 2024 right now. We have to have consensus on some new approaches by when, if we're going to keep up with where climate is taking us, the T's dissolution is taking us, et cetera.
0: I, I don't think you have more than a year or two really to come up with something better for the T. I mean, I think you can probably cover the shortfall for next year. Um, but after that, you'll want a more stable revenue source for the tea uh, and its operating funding. So you don't have a lot of time for that. And, you know, some of these taxes, though, it won't take long to implement. Let's say you did go with... Uh, I mean, I think that the one that I mentioned about, you know, just how many miles, that that's a little more complicated. So let's start with the one where you just pay a higher fee on your car. You know, I'm going to pay an extra 1% on the value of my car. Um, you know, you would just implement that, and you would collect that money relatively quickly, and it would be available. And it's not administratively complicated because we already do it. So,
1: And you think this you, legislature would pass something like
0: that? I think the legislature knows that it doesn't have enough revenue to solve this problem without it. And I also think... Um, I mean, there are hard questions still. It's like, is everyone going to do this, or only people who have access to the T? Uh, what about RTAs? So it's not like there are no complicated questions Red, here. Rapid there transit co- authorities. Sorry, yeah. So know, we have, transit have regional transit operators out, but they have a totally different funding setup. how are we going to differentiate? So it's not that there aren't complicated issues, but I do think people know they don't. The clock is really ticking on this. And within a year or two, we need to have a solution. And that's just the operating side. The capital side is a whole different thing. That's like, oh, by the way, the tracks are uh, way past the date where they needed to be replaced. And all of the, um, uh, a lot of the what, um, signals, sorry, all the signals, yeah, those way in. past the time when they were supposed to be replaced, how are we going to replace those? That's a totally different conversation and a much higher need.
1: Well, with that thud in the middle of the table, that's all right. Evan Horowitz, who's the executive director of Tufts Center for State Policy Analysis, you continue to make what should be eye-crossingly not interesting budget stuff fascinating. (laughs) Thank you for coming in.
0: Anytime, Tiziana.
1: Stay with us. Uh, When we uh, next pick up, we're going to be looking at a meme, but not the kind you think. It has nothing to do with the internet. It goes all the way back to World War II, and it may have been peeking at you from around corners for quite a while. I'm Tiziana Deering. This is Radio Boston.